Welcome, welcome, welcome to my 222 cents. We got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about out of control cops, nav deep banes, the Keystone Pipeline, or lack thereof, Derek Sloan, and the idiocy of vilifying people based on their supporters, how the left isn't funny, and we're going to close it up with a brief little talk about our former Governor General, Julie Payette. So stick around. You're going to love it. And now, your number one source for what's happening in Canada today. From the mind that brought you 222 minutes, this is my 222 cents. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, and welcome. Before we get started, I just want to take a moment to thank each and every single one of you guys for tuning in to my very first podcast. So without any further ado or fanfare... This is my 222 cents on what's happening in Canada right now. Right off the bat, let's talk about the police. A new video just came out recently where a group of cops in Guelph are beating up some octogenarian like he's Ivan Drago and they're Sylvester Stallone fresh out of a montage. And at this point, I kind of feel like the cops are just having a contest with each other. They're just long dicking over who can make the worst decisions, really. I mean... We had the taser getting pulled on the guy playing hockey. And then there was a dude in Gatineau who got pulled out of his house. And now we're punching old men in the face. Any day now, we're going to see a video of one of Canada's finest pepper spraying a baby. And yeah, there's lots of folks who want the police to be defunded. Send in the social workers. Well, did anybody ask the social workers? Does anybody care what they think? Nope, nope. We're just going to volunteer them. Are we going to give them guns? Nope. Handcuffs? Nope. We're going to give them love and compassion. You know, here at 222 Minutes, we tried to do a survey of social workers who had been sent out to defused armed confrontations and see what they thought about the whole thing, but we ran into a little snag in that they've all been killed. And the cops don't realize that this whole thing is at a breaking point, but it's been simmering for years. Just think about ghost cars. You get these bullshit speeding tickets in jurisdictions with travel where the cops know full well most people won't be able to come back and defend against some throwaway ticket. And if you don't believe me that this is true, drive between any two major cities in this country and see where the cops are. They're right in the middle. I mean, at this point, they're prioritizing police based on how much paperwork's involved in the infraction and whether it's going to fuck up their coffee break. I remember this one time back in the day, I went to the beach with my girlfriend at the time. I put four beer in a backpack. Four. I remember this. So we go, soak up some rays, drink our four beer. And as we get up to leave, a boat that was so far down the river we couldn't even see it clearly comes speeding up and stops us. And they made a special notice of how respectful we were in making sure we had only a couple sociable drinks and that we'd taken our empties back with us in the backpack. Apparently they were looking for some hooligans because there'd be some complaints about some problems with people making a mess and getting rowdy. And they were very appreciative of how responsibly we were enjoying a summer afternoon. And then they very pleasantly smiled at us and handed us an open liquor ticket. Now, I'm not arguing that it wasn't technically illegal. All I'm saying here, folks, is that these guys fully recognized that we weren't the people they were looking for and that giving us a ticket would do absolutely nothing to solve the problems that they were there to fix, but they still couldn't resist the opportunity to get a little bit more revenue for the police department. 
When I was a kid, my folks had a friend who was a cop and I had a basketball coach who was a cop. And those are the last ones I've met who were any good and every encounter since has eroded away all the goodwill that I personally have. And I'm a law-abiding citizen. I've never even been arrested. I've never even been in the drunk tank before. And if any of you know anything about me, you would know that that is impressive. And I'm sure many of you people are no different. How many of you have ever tried to report a break-in and then had it met with a shrug? I've been waiting 16 years for the cops to come by and fill out a report for my car that got broke into. I feel like it should be any day now. The cops don't go where they can make a difference. They don't go where they can keep people safe. They go where they can write up pretty pink tickets that make them money. Here's something to think about. How do you react when you see a cop car? Do you think, oh, thank God, I know I'm safe around here. Everything is fine. There's a policeman nearby. I'll be all right. I'm in what the left calls a safe space. No. You think, oh, fuck. Am I going slightly over the speed limit? Is one of my brake lights out? Do I look suspicious? Please don't look suspicious. Glance over at them so you don't look like you're avoiding them. But not too long, not too long. That's long enough, long enough, long enough. Don't look like you're obsessing. Be cool. Fuck. What if it's a canine unit? I have cash on me. People use that to snort cocaine drugs all the time. What if they think I'm a drug mule? What if the dog smells my dog, gets all excited, and I end up spending my twilight years holding my butt cheeks together manually and being traded around the jail like a deck of cards? Now look, I'm not saying we should get rid of the cops. I don't think we should get rid of the cops. But I really think that the cops need to understand that the general population that usually has their back needs two things from them right now. One is accountability, and two is honoring the mandate to actually serve and protect. In other news, Navdeep Baines is quitting politics. Convenient. If anyone thought it was suspicious that someone would leave a $270,000 a year job to, quote, spend more time with his family during a pandemic that has him working from home most of the time already, it shouldn't be much of a surprise that he's being investigated by the RCMP for fraud. Economics don't trickle down, people, but culture does. And if the man running things has been in more scandalous positions than his mother was in the 80s, you can bet that the folks underneath him are going to try things too. So Joe Biden's the president now, and his first act as president was to cancel the Keystone Pipeline. To nobody's surprise, Trudeau meekly went along with it. And nobody doubts for a second that he's delighting in it. After vetoing Northern Gateway, making the regulatory process an impossible maze so that the Trans Mountain Twinning had to be bought by the government and Energy East was abandoned. On the bright side, though, Quebec is happier than a frog in a cheese shop. At this point, pretty much the only election promise he's kept is phasing out the oil sands. And let's be clear, this guy has a list of failed campaign promises almost as long as the fake dick he wears when he's putting on blackface. Ralph Goodale never spoke up against any of this, and Kent Hare didn't either, despite promising locally that supporting Canadian oil was going to be a major focus for him. None of the Liberals ever speak out against Trudeau on this or anything else. Every Liberal in this country has their head so far up Trudeau's ass, it's a wonder that they aren't all facing allegations of blackface. I gotta be honest with you guys. Watching these idiots destroy one province to please another literally makes me want to drink enough alcohol to kill a feminist. 
we interrupt this regularly scheduled podcast for some late-breaking news. The NDP are fucking broke and nobody likes them. Well, you knew it was coming. As much as I really don't feel like it, we're going to have to talk about Derek Sloan for a little bit. Now, the liberals were calling for another conservative to be cancel cultured again. And this time, it's Derek Sloan again. And let me be perfectly clear before we trudge into this shit swamp that I am not a fan of this guy. Now, some white supremacists donated $131 to him. Honest mistake. Anyone could have missed it, even if they know who the guy was, which nobody did because he's a white supremacist and nobody in Canada cares about these people. Now, are we really expecting every donor for every party to be vetted from here on out? Do you guys have any idea how much money that's going to waste? How much time and effort just for a couple idiot gotcha moments? I mean, yeah, it's all well and good for the Green Party when their donors are Elizabeth May, Elizabeth Schmuley, and... Liz May, but for everybody else, it's going to take more than a couple minutes. And like I said, the whole point of this is just to avoid a stupid gotcha. Why don't we just say that anybody can donate to any party and you judge the party on their merits rather than the donor? And the end result of all, all this thing, the left got them canceled. Why? Because it's worked before. Because it's going to work again. Why wouldn't they? This isn't about making sure that they have quality people in important positions. They made that clear when they never called for any liberal resignations despite having more conflict of interest than a daycare ran by Wolverines. And the reason why they're doing this, like I said, is because it's worked before. Bev Oda resigned over a $16 orange juice. And Trudeau didn't resign over the Wee scandal? Come on. Now look, if you're going to call for Sloan's resignation and not Trudeau's, you are an asshole. And let's be perfectly clear, Justin Trudeau publicly called for Bevota's resignation. He has also not resigned. Read between the lines on that one. Here's what conservatives, libertarians, slightly left of center parties like the CPC need to realize. Bowing down to public outcry from your enemies is stupid. Why? Because they'll just keep doing it. I mean, why wouldn't they? If it worked... Why would they not? And really, who gives a shit what they think anyway? Now that's different from a hue and cry from your own camp. That's something you need to take seriously. But if it's a bunch of smelly hipsters with man buns and vegan soy lattes who think the COVID vaccine is cruelty towards microorganisms, you're not going to lose a whole lot of votes by telling them to get bent. And if you're going to do something about this, let your constituents make the call. Don't be some ivory tower dictator on this. Ask yourself, what would Justin Trudeau do? And then do the exact opposite. Folks, we live in a society full of idiots. And condemning someone because of their supporters is one of the stupidest things we can do. White supremacists vote for Donald Trump, therefore he's bad. The guy who tried to kill Trudeau was into QAnon, so you know how crazy that is. Although it didn't really amount to much, now did it? And now Derek Sloan's on the list. But we don't apply the line of thinking to anything else. If Carla Homolka drives a Ford Focus, you're not going to say that they're serial killer vehicles. And if Jeffrey Dahmer preferred cheddar over mozzarella when he made people pizzas, you're not going to say that all Italians are cannibals. And if Robert Picton was a Canucks fan, which he probably was because he lived close to Vancouver, that doesn't mean that Pavel Burry and the Sedin twins are evil incarnate, even if they totally suck. Now look, the left has a problem with being funny. Simply put, most of them aren't. Right now you might be asking, triple two, why isn't the left funny? Great question. 
there's one thing, aside from economics, that the left doesn't understand. A funny joke has to have a grain of truth to it. Some people on the left will try and make some idiot joke like, Today in the news, Donald Trump eats babies. <laughs> and then they get mad at you for not laughing. It isn't funny because there's no tether to it. The Beaverton posted a few days ago that Mike Pence was going to cure the coronavirus with conversion therapy. It doesn't work. No one advocates for conversion therapy nowadays. It's a non-joke. It's junk. If they really wanted to be funny, they'd have said something like, the only reason the coronavirus is a problem is because Donald Trump was president. If a Democrat had been in charge, they'd have cured it with drone strikes. You see? Funny because it's true. When Obama was president, the drone strikes killed almost as many people as Planned Parenthood. Here's a little bit of interesting math for you guys. The Governor General of Canada makes $289,000 every year. Now, let's say, hypothetically speaking, there was a Governor General who had been nominated to that post three and a half years ago. That would mean that they made $1.11 million over the course of this three and a half year period. And since they're leaving this entirely hypothetical person, let's say they're 57 years old and the average female life expectancy in Canada is 84 years, they're gonna live for another 27 years and the prescribed pension for the Governor General of Canada is half of the salary. Or like, let's say $143,000 a year, $144,000. So $3.861 million worth of future pension payouts for this person. You put that all together is just shy of $5 million, which means that the actual cost of us to have this entirely hypothetical governor general in power for three and a half years is $1.42 million per year not including expenses. But let's get away from hypothetical governor generals for a moment, and let's go to a completely actual, physical, real one, or at least what used to be. Julie Payette was asked to resign as governor general to the surprise of nobody. Apparently, she was a real bitch to be around. And here's my take on it. Nick. I mean, let's be honest. This is about someone who makes a small handful of public appearances every year and has a team of support staff that does make work TPS forms. Honestly, this woman is just as relevant to the day-to-day -day life of Canadians now as when she was literally in space. There was one small point of amusement in this whole thing, though. She said in a statement that, quote, people experience things differently. And if that isn't a final fuck you to Justin Trudeau, I don't know what is. I really have two questions here at this point. One, how many more women is that guy going to throw under the figurative bus before the rest of them realize that they're nothing more than showpieces? And two, can the next one please be Catherine McKenna? So despite how completely superfluous this news is, I feel like there's a learning moment to be found if we really want to peel back the layers. It seems to me almost as if, hmm, maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't be selecting people for high political stations based entirely on their celebrity name brand recognition. <coughs> Trudeau. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. I think I have COVID. All right, that wraps it up for this week. 
Special thanks to every one of you guys for tuning in to Nines Catudio, Ginger Bob Ross, my fellow parody cabinet, my Patreon supporters, Red Scarf, DJ Travel Abacus, Davy Jones, aka William Ray, and everyone who's been incredibly supportive and constructive as this whole thing's been developing. You can find my website at my222cents.buzzsprout.com. Don't hesitate to tell me what you think of this episode on Twitter, Gab, or Patreon if the damn thing still exists anyways and please leave a review wherever you found this podcast